0: So last 2022 in August, the wrestling world was finally were able to see CM Punk return after a seven-year hiatus. Mr. Isaac did you actually I didn't see this coming, did you? Uh
1: I always thought in the back of my mind it was possible, but uh, it was like I have to see it to believe it kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Nick, what about you? did you see this coming?
1: Um
2: no, I'm a massive mock for CM Punk. Um I thoroughly enjoyed. Both Summer of Punks and I was looking forward to this summer of punk when it before it happens. Uh but no, didn't see it coming at all.
0: Of course. I and mean, what, anyway, what about you? Did you see this coming? See, see what the, the whole scenario was seeing punk coming? Mm-hmm.
3: The, the one that I was shouting about for, for as soon as it was EEW was announced. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see it coming. <laughs>
0: Of course, of course. But yeah, we're gonna be talking about obviously CM Punk's time in AEW. Obviously there's a lot to discuss and absolutely everything. But first, intern, roll the intro. This is, of course, September 30th, episode 108, CM Punk from Hired to Fired. I am, of course, the magician, Liam Wakelin,
1: And I am the and expert, the American, the only American on the show today, the and expert, Mr. Isaacs. Of course.
0: And we actually, we have to get two people. We had to get a salty son of a bitch, so we've got a salty son of a bitch. Haney, come on, introduce yourself. Yeah, well uh, well, you you did it for me, you know. I'm a salty son of a bitch from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> uh and of course I'm joined by my good friend from Work the Left Side. He's got an amazing podcast out. Nick, how are we doing, my friend? Oh good, dude. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Not at all. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh Mr. Isaacs, how's the week been?
1: Bro, it has been very, very busy, very stressful, uh, had a lot of shit to do this week, and uh, I'm glad it's done, I'm glad the week is rounded up, and I'm going to watch some football today, American football for you gentlemen, and uh, watch Collision tonight. and I'm going to hang out here today for the next hour or so with uh, my pals from across the pond, and uh, talk a little Pepsi Phil.
0: Of course, and any how's your week been? Um, uh, uh,
3: pretty much just work, Busy nothing exciting. Fair um, enough. Fair
0: enough. But, um, yeah,
1: pretty
0: much that's it. yeah got joke, Nick, right in about you? house. Sorry? On... I was about say, sorry, everybody jumped the gun there. We all just like, kind of interrupted. Uh, Nick, how's the week been? <laughs>
2: yeah, man, it's been gravy. Uh, just a few episodes done, just working,
0: being a dad, playing a Nintendo. It's all good. There you go. I love that bit that you said Nintendo, so I'm kind of happy with that. But yeah. enough rambling on. We've got something to do, obviously, first plug into our main event. Mr. Isaacs, what is that?
1: It's a little thing that we like to do here every week uh, where we kind of discuss the news of the week. It is called the Magic Weekly.
0: Now, of course, the Magic Weekly is brought to you by FTW Wrestling. You want to learn how to be a wrestler? I mean, Mr. Isaacs, we've got, we can learn from the best, right? Two people who are basically part of the show, really?
1: Two very good friends of the channel, Natalia Markova and Brian Idle, both of which you have seen on NWA if you've watched that. And uh, this is a very good place for you to go, $250 US dollars a month. You can uh, train to be a professional wrestler. I think that's a steal And uh, we got like a video clip We're running for this
0: Of course, so to give you a little idea about this Here it is
4: Determination Perseverance These are the qualities that make a champion Do you have what it takes To be the next wrestling superstar Are you ready To turn your dreams into a reality At Fight the World Wrestling's World Wrestling Academy We can help you become the champion You were meant to be Our world travel trainers, Brian Idol and Natalia Markova, are well-known industry professionals with years of experience in the world of wrestling. From the basics to advanced techniques, they are dedicated to help give you the tools that you need to succeed in the ring. Our training program is tailored to challenge you, push you to your limits, and help you discover your full potential. Come join our diverse group of talent. Join us at Fight the World Wrestling's World Wrestling Academy and make your dream a reality. Visit our website or contact us to learn more and start your journey to the top today.
0: Boom, go check that out. So what's been going off in the news this week? Sammy Callahan obviously is now apparently a free agent. He posted on his Twitter. I've got it here a second. For the first time in almost three years, I'll be taking select indie bookings for matches, seminars, signings, appearances, etc., DMs are open. Nick, I'll start with you. Obviously, with Sami Callahan, obviously in Impact, I kind of feel sorry for him because he's kind of been like left in the dark a little bit. What do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, um, he tried the NXT thing. Uh, I was always impressed with him there. Didn't quite measure up to WWE. Turned back up at Impact. Had an awesome run. Loved the stuff he was doing in Impact. But yeah, recently, just kind of been left in catering by
0: the looks of it. It is. Mr Isaac, what about you?
1: Yeah, I haven't kept up with Impact much the past couple of years, but uh, when I was watching it a couple of years back, you know, he, he was like a big deal. You know, he was like uh, one of the main event players there. And, uh, you know, he no pun intended. He really made an impact on the company there and was very entertaining. Um, I kind of wonder if uh, he's going to go to AEW at this point. I don't think WWE is back in the cards for him. I really don't. Um, I could see maybe him going to AEW and maybe working a death match feud with uh, his old pal Moxley.
0: Maybe so, maybe so. Annie, what do you think? Yeah, either you know that, They could take up baseball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's good at hitting home runs with people's eyes. Yeah. That's for sure. But,
3: yeah, if he was going to do anything, I think I think it would probably maybe want a bit of that. that was it a GCW and things like that. You know, maybe turn up me AEW. What was it? Yeah, put, you know, it's, it's interesting because he had, did he not have that nickname Switchblade at one point, you know so I'm coming up at um, E.W. you know there's a potential feud there
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely
0: yeah, it's definitely an interesting one because it's like, I, I I like to see him in A.W. I mean everybody's all been saying, I want to see him obviously back with Moxley, I think that'd be an interesting feud, it could work but we don't know, I mean Nick, is it AEW? Is that the answer for him, really? GCW
2: for me, or uh, GCW? Um, just him versus Nick Gage. I think we'll sell tickets. Uh they can get him versus Cardona, that's two matches, i will
0: say. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: So, be a big we'll, match,
1: especially if they offer free hepatitis vaccinations.
0: Make <laughs> sure <laughs> I'm not drinking when you say that. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs>
0: so we'll obviously head back obviously to AEW and there was a nice little masked man I'll show you the image which has got a lot of people talking who could it be Mr. Isaacs what do we think and who do we think it is
1: uh, I'm not really sure who it is Um, I think it's got to be somebody big like I don't think it could be just somebody from New Japan or something like that although I don't know I mean with this crowd that's, that's a possibility but uh I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I don't think they're going to be revealed tomorrow night, but I do think it's going to be Adam Copeland. I think it's going to be Edge.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Nick, what about you?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's a good shout. I think obviously Adam's uh, Copeland's contract expired today. If information is correct. So he's free to turn up tomorrow. uh, Providing there's no compete clause. But, yeah, I'll say Copeland because they've been teasing it all over the shop. And if it is, I just hope it comes out as Sexton Hardcastle.
0: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Henry, No, I don't think it's him. Um, what was it?
3: Uh, what was it? I, don't, I don't think they would go there with him. You know, uh, what was it called? I know everybody was trying to guess. We were looking at the screenshots and things like that. I think I, brought, I think you're sort of right. The people in the sort of... The people in the sort of... Uh, the, the Outfits i don't think are the actual people that are going to be involved in it <laughs> um but um who knows um i, I think uh, long term it could be adam Cole you know and but was it eventually it's sort of real to be him but um it could be it could be some more joes tna and ninja coming back you know Bring back that gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> speed,
2: speed. What about Wardlow? that's MJF's old mask, isn't it? What about
3: Wardlow? Yeah, mm. I think Wardlow was one of the big guys eh, on the left side of it. Um, eh, was it was um, But I'm guessing. I, I guess I'm gonna see. I heard a rumor that um, that um, was it. The Derby match and the Christian match is the main event tomorrow night. So was. Uh, if anything that was probably that would be where where adam would sort of turn up but then again they could turn the story around into that eventually you know but who knows
0: we shall definitely see i mean we'll stick obviously with aw and obviously wrestle dreams tomorrow i'll go around obviously the, the table mr isaac are we excited for the the show
1: yeah i i was a little underwhelmed by it this time last week um but this week and, and with the appearance of the masked guys and everything, it's it's kind of made me a little more intrigued about it. So I'm interested to see what happens.
0: Of course. Nick, what about you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm anybody who knows me knows I'm a massive mock for AEW. Um I always look forward to the pay-per-views. So I always think they uh, deliver in ring if nothing else.
0: Yep. Mr. Annie?
3: Yeah. I, I, I... That it was a, it's a wee bit underwhelming for me. Obviously, you've got uh, what was it, Abriel uh, Danielson and Zach Saber Jr. Junior. Um, but uh, what was it, I mean, everybody. I mean, you know, you call, you called me salt at the start. I mean, everybody's getting all all what was it uh, hot and bothered about the thing that happened in uh, Dynamite. You know, It <laughs> was the last five seconds of the show, <laughs> <laughs> which suddenly makes the whole show amazing. You know, you know, I'm a cynic, but but um, <laughs> uh, was it? Um, no, definitely. Uh, 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 it'll be great for that one match alone. I mean, you would pay you would pay just for that one match. I think you know. Um, so, what uh, was? Um, yeah, who knows? I think I think there might be a big surprise with the women's uh, in the women's match as well tomorrow night from the rumors I've heard. So, could be interesting.
0: Interesting, interesting. So we'll head obviously to WWE. And Eli Dragunov says the only reason that I'm good right now and making a name for myself is because of Gunther. Any, what do you reckon to these comments? Oh, well, the, hey, but was it? They've all
3: they've already had sort of the some of the best matches ever, you know. Uh, but was it? Um, uh, the one, the one during the pandemic. The best thing about that was there was no crowd as well, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, it was just pure pure wrestling. That's what I wish wrestling was. But um, Obviously, you kind of do that every week, but yeah, the two of them, the two of them, for the longest time, it eh, eh, was eh, ripped up, <laughs> ripped up all the promotions and Indies in Europe. You know, there was a,
0: it was like a well kept secret for some people. You probably agree. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, obviously, we know what Dragon House was like, and we've seen him in progress. But I mean, these two are really, really good. Obviously, for what we've seen, would you agree with these comments?
2: Yeah, uh, Mister Salty got it spot on um you know these two guys have tore it up um in wwe they tore it up up across europe um guaranteed anything less than a five-star match and you know out of these two i'm disappointed would you
3: have
2: would you have him take the title the i mean i
3: know he's an axt but would you have him take that ic title would you bring him up and then just
2: sm- smash it yeah because i want to see um so I-, I refuse to call him gunther i was refuse- I'm um, going yeah. to see Walter in the main event, Pick and I want to see Walter in the main event scene. So, yeah. Yeah. I've been taking the IC, move Walter up. You may be the guy at
3: one de- and de- Roaming, I think. That's what I think, anyway. I think that's what they're building. fingers
0: crossed yes. Possibly, <laughs> 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 possibly. Mr. Isaac, your thoughts on all this?
1: You know, Dragonov was not on my radar at all as an American fan until the Gunther matches. I mean, until those matches happened, and then I was like, whoa. Uh, this this is wrestling. <laughs> like This this is what high level professional wrestling is, um and that's what I want to see more of. So he's been on my radar ever since those matches, and uh, I I would like to see him come up and work with Gunther again on the main roster. I think it would be fire. I'd love to see it. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So we've got one more star obviously to end the Magic Weekly, and it's of course L.A. Knight and John Cena will be teaming up at Fastlane. Any hey, what do we reckon? Uh, not, not fast <laughs>
2: Fair enough Nick, no. what about you um, Yeah not so much for the Cena thing But LA Night man Whether he's Eli Drake uh, In Impact Or in NWA Or LA Night, yeah. um, uh, Guy's awesome you know, I'm, I'm amazed at taking this long for him to reach yeah. you know, The height that he's at now uh, the
3: dude's just a perfect combination of Austin and The Rock. Um, it's just, yeah, oh, I love the guy. So- can I, can, can, oh, sorry,
2: are you finished. Sorry, I apologise. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was
3: just going to say on that, and and, and, and you know fine. Well, and it, I mean, was it the one thing that he, uh, The one thing that I hate is and it, Gunther's an example, a, a example as well, and early off, and uh, was it Tommy Ennsman, Obviously, Alistair Black and then Malachi. You know, but was it called? We all knew about these guys, you know, and it uh, was it, and 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 they didn't, uh, you know, but was it they, they were doing the same work all the way through, you know? It's just because they get that big platform, all of a sudden everybody's thinks of the shits, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. Don't
2: uh
0: Mister Isaac, your thoughts?
1: I I love what they're doing with La Knight. He's over the crowd, loves him. Um, it, it's. The story of LA Knight is kind of a case study in how wrestlers were built 20 years ago versus how they're built today. So wrestlers 20 years ago, you know, they they had the aesthetic of being the bigger guy. They were really good on the microphone and they were allowed to actually act like badasses. Yeah. Like they didn't come out and have to do little childish things and, and kowtow to comedy shtick and all that. They were allowed to just come out and be like, I'm a bad MF and I'm going to put you down because I'm better than you and I'm tougher than you. And he's a throwback to that. Yeah. Um, back to yeah. that era. And, and that- I think that's what makes him so special today.
3: So, so, sorry, to interrupt again. Uh, just, just on that, uh, there's an interview with Bret Hart, and he was talking about when he was, a uh, what was it? He was doing the stuff with Diesel. They actually put, they actually put Diesel on top of crates to make him look even bigger than he was. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and and uh, uh, what was it? Um, What's really been spoiled for me in the last like month or two in NXT is they, they're doing this program with Braun and Corbin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Corbin just makes Braun look so small next, you know, this comes into me talking about what they do with the production and how they, how the angle stuff and show stuff, you know, uh, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just, it just looks ridiculous, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you've, you've killed off that sort of monster look before he's even, he's even up. Well, that's just how I th- I, I look at it, you know, be smart with how you present your guys. Don't, if you're going to put him next to a bigger guy, you know, don't, don't, don't highlight the shot with a sort of wide shot and elevate the fact that he's, he's about a bit of foot taller.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to use the production tricks, the little Hollywood trickery to make somebody look, uh, either yeah. on par or make them look bigger or stronger than they actually are. I, it kind of reminds me of when, uh, Braun Strowman first came out and they built him up as a monster. Do you remember they always had the camera kind of down low so it's yeah. like shooting him up on the screen to where he looks like a giant? Yeah. Like that that's what you got to do. You got to use little camera trickery like that to, to get your guys over. Definitely.
0: The other thing I actually remember is like when the obviously backstage announcers they kind of got like right petite ones so they look like small against like the big guys. That's another little one I obviously
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Another little aesthetic trick. Yeah.
0: It's,
3: it's, it's a bit of it's a bit of history, but uh, it was it's, it's nothing to do with, uh, with wrestling. But see, when uh, the, at the end of the Second World War, when the Japanese were signing, you putting you know, because you're like uh, it was uh, the Germans. It was sorry, the Germans. The, the, the Americans intentionally went out and found the tallest soldiers that they, they had to humiliate the Japanese. You know, <laughs> yes. obviously, and it was a pure psychological thing. You know. So it
1: happens in your life yeah i mean it's uh it's it's subconscious psychology you know like little subtle things that like you don't pick up on if you just look directly at it but it seeps into the back of your brain yep yeah
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so that wraps up obviously the magic weekly so we've got absolutely everything out of the way so let's get into our main event
4: The main
0: event now for weeks we've been trying to establish is this a quarter, is this a coin, or is this something else? Nick, what do you think? Uh, what
2: that on the screen,
0: the video, what we'll just play then. I
2: I looked away, dude. I do apologize. I was having a quick cheeky vape before I came
1: (laughs) back. Basically, the debate that Liam and I have been having is uh, uh trying to figure out whether the the coin that's put into the slot of the arcade machine is like a, a, a US quarter or if it's like a token that you get proprietary from the arcade Ooh. itself.
2: Well, I think you would be best educated to say yes or no on that one because I have no <laughs> idea what an American quarter looks like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we've come to the conclusion we think it's a token, right, Liam?
0: Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Hey, we any, have. where's your picture gone? <laughs> uh and one, I'll be a bit wonky so i am bring it back as soon as it goes up again. <laughs> okay okay yeah, that's fine so that... before we obviously get one little more thing to do is we're gonna say thank you to another little sponsor which is of course the kill city cup this is a i don't even know how to describe this mr Rises. can you help me out
1: yeah it's kind of like uh if you took lucha underground and uh mixed it with like a little wwe and then you mixed it with like mortal combat and some science fiction stuff just throw that all in a blender you get kill city cup
0: and to show you exactly what exactly we're run about, here's another little. Welcome to the Kill City
4: Club.
1: I got the world by the balls.
0: You know, as I'm watching that, I could just see Nick's picture at the face just going, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> it looks like a night out in Leeds.
2: I'm not going to lie. I just looks like a standard night art in Leeds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, that, that's obviously in the description of this video. You can go check it out. You can check it out on Kill City Cup or just Kill City Cup on YouTube. They're absolutely everywhere. There's some really big names in it as well. Brian Cage, Matt Seidel, Natalia Markova and april hunter who will be on the wrestling with a paranormal on monday so go check it out right have, 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 have we got everything i've not forgotten anything ever
1: i think you got it all my man i think we're good to proceed with uh the uh discussion of pepsi phil here
0: of course of course so today what we're doing is we're going to be looking at cm punks <laughs> entire time <laughs> In CM Punk's entire time, obviously in AAW, so I've got a nice little timeline video I put together, and yeah, we're just going to discuss what we think, and uh, yeah, give us thoughts. So we have to start obviously at the beginning, August twentieth, twenty twenty-one. This is when Punk obviously made his debut. Mister Isaac's also we spoke about it in the intro a little bit, but this actual moment was absolutely huge. I remember the crowd. What do you remember about this?
1: uh this was an amazing thing to see on television. I mean, it it is the biggest pop and biggest genuine fan reaction in the history of AEW by far. Um, This was a huge return. It's one of those returns that uh, everybody kind of thought it was going to happen as the week led up. Uh, It's like, we kind of think this is going to happen, but we're not going to believe it until it actually happens. And uh, when of Personality hit, it was perfect because you you knew then that Tony Khan ponied up the money to get the familiar music. And it was just huge, man. It was an absolute huge reaction that, uh, like I said, it's going to be very hard for AEW to ever replicate that.
0: Of course, of course. Nick, obviously, what do you remember about his debut? Mate, uh, yeah, I must have watched that at least 10 times
2: within the space of 24 hours. I was sending it to people who don't even watch wrestling and just being like, look what you're missing out on. This was fucking amazing. This was amazing. Uh, The noise, the reaction, the pop, everything was just, yeah, it was unreal. I, I don't think AEW would ever get
0: that again. No, no. all. Hey, what do you think? Well, well, I sort of dispute that because
3: I was at all, all in and Grado's pop was enormous.
0: <laughs> Did he just say Grado's pop was enormous?
1: It was. Doesn't he come out to like a Celine Dion song or something like that? Uh,
3: well, they didn't do it. it was, um, if they had done that, it would have been a big pop. But um, <laughs> um, what was it called? Uh, if you've been, if you've been to, if you've been to a UK show and Gado's been there and life and a like, like a prayer place, you like know a where it is. it's it's like a, a, a you're talking about nightclubs. It turns into a nightclub, you know. The place goes wild. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, definitely. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it'd be topped, you know, because obviously of where it was and uh, it was how it came about, you know, and uh, it was. I know he's a polarizing character, and I know. But was um I've said to, I said from the start that it was going to be a bad idea. Um not that I was a, I was a punk fan, you know, but um yeah, it was um it, it was it was something special.
0: Yeah, exactly. And obviously I always remember the promo thing, and obviously this kind of leads me up to my follow-up question is we know what punks like, we know how vocal obviously is, so when you've got somebody who doesn't get a script and stuff like that nick is that a risk in a way depends how
2: professional they are that's my take on it my whole beef with this is uh, a lot of it is unprofessional um if you've got a guy um don't give it worked fine back in the day late 90s hardly anyone had a script but everybody was there for the to better everybody else for the betterment of the company not just to do business for themselves um, they were professional
0: Okay, okay, Mr. Isaacs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that uh, when you give somebody a live mic, if they've got the gift of gab like he does, um, I think it's going to turn to gold (laughs) a whole lot of the time. Even if something controversial comes out, it's something you could build off of and make money off of. Um, So I I like that. I like when they give a crafty old-school veteran the microphone and just let him kind of semi-shoot, mostly work, uh, about what's on his mind I, I think that works really well and makes for compelling television of course.
3: Professional? Mr Hennie?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah if they're professional I mean to be fair, most of the time Punk was a bit more professional in the whole situation if you, i mean if you follow what was going on online, i mean it was there was a certain group there that were taking pot shots and little things here and there all the time you know even even the week after he sort of like he's fired they're on like their reshow show doing drinking pepsi and it's like no that was just purely incidental <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> come on you know uh what was it called and you know uh, the, lots of little nuggets uh, What was it uh, what was it Somebody'll sit down one day and put it all together, and you'll realise how much, how much these buttons were pressed in EAW. You know, not not just sorry. But to a, there was an agenda. Yes, he was a golden boy. That was the thing. He was the one making. You know, the, in in the eyes of the fans, he was a golden boy. And I sort of that was my take on it all along. If they brought Prong in, uh, it was the aim? Because what people don't realise is uh is is Kenny that kenny's well respected in japan yeah i'm a big new new japan fan not so much the bucks they, what was it because they what was it um, because the bucks i've got a sort of and i'm I, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way but they, they don't follow tradition of wrestling you know they, yeah. they've tried to forge their own path and in japan that's something that's something you just you you don't do you know uh what was it called it's like the whole rumor with eew buying new japan you know if that was to uh, hypothetically h- happen i guarantee you most of the japanese fans will switch to another promotion <laughs>
1: they would it, it would um, be the ufc buying pride the same yeah. effect they, they don't like a, a homegrown japanese company being bought by outsiders and yeah. it, it puts them off the product that's why when dana white uh when the ufc bought pride uh the mma organization in Japan. Uh, Dana White was on record saying, Look, you know, we, we were kind of sold a hill of beans here. We bought the company thinking that we were going to be on television and the fans are going to be into it, but the Japanese public wanted nothing to do with American ownership of pride. I think yep. that's what it would be like in New Japan as well.
3: Yep.
0: Interesting. Uh, interesting.
3: Yeah. So, 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 going back to the, the, the sort of question, it uh, was um, a, a lot of people were glad to see the back of them from what I've read, you know. Uh, obviously they made a lot of friends you know but th- when you don't follow tradition uh, and, and i know i i, I got I, i've had a few digs at me because i'm a i'm a traditional guy i like wrestling in a traditional sense you know hey there's
1: nothing wrong with that haney and I, yeah. I i agree with you about 60 to 70 percent of the time there with that
0: yeah <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> oh, so, oh, obviously, and By the football. way,
1: too, you, you know Kenny Omega doesn't drink Pepsi. He's a chai latte guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll obviously
0: move on obviously to the, the next series, which is, of course, 5th, 5th of September, 21, to 30th of November, 2021. We'll start, obviously, with his first opponent, Darby Allen, Mr. Isaacs, obviously, everyone's eyes were on this, because, so, like I said, he's a big name. We don't know what he's going to be like in the ring, but what do you remember about the Darby Allen match?
1: Um, I I thought it was a really enjoyable match. I I thought they worked really well together. I thought Darby was a good opponent to put in there with Punk because, uh, you know, he obviously, um, you know, Punk was a little rusty, but Darby could make somebody look good. And, um, I I thought it turned out to be a a pretty good match. I I don't think it was like a classic or anything, but it was an enjoyable match. And, um, I, yeah, it was a good first match for Punk to return to. Of
0: course. Andy, what about you? Yeah,
3: I, I sort of agree. It was a sort of safe bet, you know. Uh, but it was at that first opponent? You, you can have you, you get a guy that's wanting want to take all the risks as well in, in in derby. Yeah. You know why 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 not pick somebody like that? You know you can work with. You know, and uh, it was um, I think that was well scouted on punks punks. Uh, but was I think that was probably a punk decision that one right there.
4: Mhm.
3: Yeah. Well scouted. Okay,
0: uh, Nick. What about you?
2: Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and the Easter eggs in the match as well. The fact that they had two or three spots from the classic X-Pack, sorry, one, two, three, Kid Bret Hart match That's from that. Raw yeah. in '94. <laughs> there was about three spots that they uh, lifted from that match to pay tribute to Hart and Waltman as well. Uh, but yeah, great match back. Like these two guys have said, safe bet. Derby's a, a good guy to take the brunt of the force and sell. For punk and make punk
3: probably look better than he was at that point in his comeback. I, I, I'll just, I'll just reiterate it as well. I have a problem with watching Darby Allen matches as well because of, I just some of the risks he takes. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just worried that he's going to kill himself in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that all in. I think, I think he did hurt his back a little bit. You know, but some of the stuff onto that. I mean, that. Yeah.
1: He's somebody yeah. that I think is very likely to be retired by the time he's thirty
3: yeah well he said that it was do or die that's what he statue does, isn't it? We said the same about Jeff Hardy twenty years ago though
4: yeah
1: that's you know, true yes, yeah, that's true. Hardy's a freak he he must have a spine made of like like adamantium steel or something oh, like Wolverine yeah. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see how he hasn't completely snapped in half yet at this point. I, I don't like watching
3: Hardy matches in the sense now that he looks so in so much pain, you know. Yeah, his movement and things. It's like go do your music, man. You know, don't, you don't need this anymore. You've done
1: it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I agree.
3: You know, I, I think oh. unfortunately his brother's a bit of an enabler and getting him into this. He's, he's, he's just like right well, do some tag? Aye, that' all right. then, You know, fair enough. Right. Sort of
0: yeah, so we'll obviously stick with you, this thing. So after the Derby, other match he had obviously matches with powerhouse of Daniel Garcia and Matt Sydel. So. Mr. Isaacs, you were kind of obviously like solely on obviously Rampage. So it was Rampage doesn't get as much views, obviously, as Dynamite itself, so it's just kind of like wheeled him into the main show.
1: I I think this was uh just an attempt to give a shot in the arm to to um that program to get people watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that uh you know Rampage was still kind of uh kind of sorta of new at the time. But it was the second week it
3: of- came in, wasn't it? what's that that was the second week it came in the second yeah week it page? was it yeah. was
1: yeah that, that was like the very second episode of it that's right I, i'd kind of forgotten it was that early but it was um but yeah i mean they they wanted to use punk as the guy to draw ratings for that show for a while because it was brand new it was on friday nights you know kind of a hard night to get some uh, viewership sometimes and they used him to kind of uh inject a an infusion of uh energy into the program to get people interested in it so it made sense to me at the time why they put him on there
0: okay uh,
2: nick what about you yeah exactly what they did with collision uh once they tried it with same thing with rampage um whether it worked or it didn't whether it had a detrimental effect you know maybe putting him straight onto dynamite would have boosted the ratings a bit more and given his ego a bit of a pop uh, as you say friday nights is a hard night to get to get the ratings might not have done Punk's ego any good, uh, but I love the fact you the three people you listed there were just amazing talent, and seeing Punk work with those guys as a fan popped me huge.
0: Yeah. Okay. any anyway, what about you?
2: No, I've just got to, I've got to sort of agree with that. You know,
3: but uh, was it? Uh, what was it? I mean, Seidel himself he said had a few bad injuries as well. You know, so. Uh, it was, uh, he was always somebody I thought it was going to be a sort of bigger name than he is, you know. Uh, so, Punk working with him, there was no issue with that in that level, you know, they're on that sort of level.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely, after the three Rampage appearances, he was obviously on Dynamite against Bobby Fish, which led up to obviously full gear against Eddie Kingston. Any, I mean Eddie Kingston. I mean he's great on the mic. I mean you Punk's great on the mic. So this is kind of like Ryan itself in a way.
3: Yeah, I mean but was um, another another sort of great pick to put him with? You know it was um, I mean Eddie's Eddie's another one that's had a second at least a life. You know but was it? Um, he was that it's a strange one but whereas sort of where is sort of uh, what was it Ellie Knight or Eli Drake or whatever it was was always sort of there. Eddie was never really in that sort of like nearly there, you know, you know, so what was it it was it was sort of good to sort of see Eddie do that. I mean and and obviously Eddie's Eddie's went from strength to strength from that situation as well. So I think that was a like sort of good good person to put with with, you know, but it was again on the same level. Wrestling wise, Eddie's actually a good wrestler, <laughs> but we don't obviously with his gimmick we don't get to see much of it, you know. And I think mm-hmm. the punk stuff we've seen a wee bit of what he is away from all the sort of nutty
2: stuff that he does.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Obviously, we working with Eddie Kingston. I mean, I've just said they're two guys great on the mic.
2: Yeah, uh, and if I remember correctly, they had one promo before the pay per view to sell the pay per view, uh, and they sold it. You know, these guys got like 10 minutes on the mic and they were just annihilating each other. Uh, obviously, it being personal, it being a kind of a work shoot, uh, given the history, the Ring of Honor stuff. Um, yeah, you know, as yeah. it's been said previously, Kingston's really good uh, in the ring. Don't get to see much of it, probably saw more of it than we do normally against Punk. Um, but yeah, these guys, man, just give them a microphone and they will they'll sell a pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I just
3: forgot all about the Ring of Honour thing, just, to, just obviously with with Punk, Punk being there and them being there, I mean, I just shows you where Eddie's came from, you know, because he was there, he was actually there most of that sort of tenure of Ring of Honour, you know, just in the background, yeah.
2: just a solid worker, you know. Um, yeah, not a name that like you think of, is it? You think of your Joe's, yeah. your AJ's, your Punk's, Danielsons. you yeah. don't remember Eddie, but yeah, he was there, he was kind of like that guy in the background.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's like, um, sorry to digress again, it's like the Brooklyn brawl. he said, he, he he was asked about, obviously, what was it when he left the WWE, he was doing a, a, a couple of interviews and he was talking about it and he was saying, oh, you were always the job guy and he says, he, say, he says, but I wrestled everybody on the way up and on the way down, you know, so I had an amazing career, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, his claim is he's, he's wrestled every
0: world champion, which is true, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah. Mr. Attics, obviously building up obviously we Eddie Kingston.
1: Yeah, I, I think these two guys uh flowed really well together on the microphone, and I think they gelled good together in the ring. I do. Um and I agree with these guys. I think Kingston is kind of an underrated worker in the ring. You just don't see a lot of that from them because they usually put them in brawls and just put them on the microphone, which you know he's amazing at. And I don't know if these two had legitimate heat or they just were so good at Working with each other, that they made it seem that way. Because I don't know if you remember, but Punk continued to take shots at Kingston on the microphone, like well after this program yeah. was over with. So I don't know if there was something legitimate there between the two of them or not. But it, it was fun to watch. I,
3: I I think I I always suspected there was a go to somewhere along the lines. Yeah. Uh, I I, I, I sort of thought that at one point, uh, was it was uh, a Punko end up leading some sort of faction. You know, but uh, was it? But who knows. Especially
1: Edison. Mm, uh, sorry, <laughs> FTR, and then maybe a couple other people. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, yeah. FTR, FTR was obviously near the end, you know, and, and had that sort of relationship. But uh, it was uh, it was something I always thought they would sort of do with Punk as he sort of transitioned because he is older, and uh, it was. Um, I think you know he's he was beginning not to hit some of the spots that he he was quite comfortable with, you know, and that's sad to see. But that's just he, whereas. He, but Was it um, whereas he sort of rebounded back, you know? There's some there's some there that not. I mean, I wish I wish uh, Jericho would stop doing that springboard because he's going to kill himself one of these days, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, he learned, he learned his lesson and stopped doing the move, you know. And they said that, and then he basically alluded to that. I'm not going to do that anymore, you know. So uh, it was it's a, it's a bit maturing, you know,
1: yeah, definitely. Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. So we'll move obviously along to 24th of November 21 to 2nd of February 22. He had matches obviously with QT Marshall, Lee Moriarty, teaming up with obviously Darby and Sting, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and it kind of led up obviously to a few MGF. Now, I've got to be honest, there's a couple of names on the Mr. Isaacs where it's like, mm, but I mean, it ends obviously with a great one with MGF. I mean, what do you think?
1: I think they were just kind of building like a road to CM Punk challenging for the title, and they were kind of like looking at it like, you know, we're we're kind of going to build him up the way like a legitimate fight sport contender would be. We're going to start him at the bottom of the card where he's wrestling guys like Lee Moriarty, you know, and, and they're just going to work his way up to he's getting higher profile guys. You know, then like Wardlow and then eventually ending up with the big one with MJF. Um, I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good way to kind of incrementally bring Punk back into the fold as a a top tier guy. Um, Because obviously when you got a lot of ring rust like he had being gone for so long and at his age, he did have some visible ring rust. You could tell the psychology was there, but physically he wasn't all there. So he kind of needed some warm up matches to kind of incrementally get himself to where he could work with the big guys like MJF. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: Nick. Oh, sorry. yeah, uh, I
2: totally second that. Um, I did like the lemo Mar- I, I like Lee Mario. I thought that I think he's one of those guys that's got the potential. I just don't think he's going to go anywhere with it. But if you put him in the ring with somebody good, you're going to get a good match. Uh, QT, zero time for. But yeah, it, it told a story. He was working his way up the ladder to get to you know to get to the prize. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Any.
3: Yeah, I kind of disagree with what you say. And there was, there was maybe a sort of conscious decision made around that UFC record they had as well. That they wanted to, because everybody thought they would come straight in and they would just go straight to that title, you know. And, and, and in terms of wrestling, it was a long program before he even got there, you know. Uh, what was it? um, it uh, was it um? But yeah, it uh, was it? Whether you believe, whether if you think it's two losses or one loss, you know. I know the I know the second loss has been sort of. Sort of um <laughs> rescinded,
1: it was made <laughs> no contest because I think the uh, I think Mike Jackson failed a drug test, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it still technically counts as a win, I suppose.
1: <laughs> but, uh, no the won, person <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, right, so we'll move all of us along to 9th of February 22 <laughs> to 29th of May 22. Now. Obviously, leading up to... We'll start, obviously, leading up to Revolution, obviously, the MGF match. I mean, I've seen this match. Nick, this is probably one of my favourite matches with Punk at Revolution against MGF.
2: Definitely, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it ticked the boxes. Um, You know, they they set the bar very, very high, even, you know, making reference to the um, Piper-Dog Collar match. You start making fans think about that match, you've then got to be... You're in competition with that match. So yeah. they set the,
0: they set the bar very high, uh, and yeah, they delivered. Absolutely, Mister Isaacs.
1: Yeah, I agree with that as well. This had a good old school kind of Starcade kind of feel to it, and uh, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Mister
3: uh, yeah, I can't disagree. Well, you know, you know I'm a, I'm a big Piper fan, and that's one of my favorite matches of all time. You know, and they really it, what was it? it? It it really sort of. We've seen, we've, we've seen dog collar matches that absolutely stink, you know, and when, when it was first sort of announced, I'm thinking, well, these two guys can work, you know, but is it going to be any good? Because we've never had one in a long time, really, you know, and <laughs> and, then they, and then they go and do that, you know, uh, yeah. what was it called? You know, so, so, sort of like that and the, uh, what was it, it's not talked about enough, it's, it's not really sort of punk, obviously we know about MJF, that and the MGF Cody sort of lashes thing, that, that to me is... Uh, two of the Mm -hmm. the best bits of wrestling that's been done in a long time
0: yeah absolutely so after obviously revolution it was obviously the build up to double or nothing again matches against Dax Howard, Max Caster, Penta Dustin, John Silver is this kind of like the same lead up to obviously uh, the one before Mr Mr. Isaacs
1: yeah, basically, I mean, they kind of follow the same formula here, you know, put him with a string of opponents, let him kind of work his way back up the ladder. The only one of these that really stands out to me that I really remember is the Dax Harwood one. Like, that was great. <laughs> and I mean, that was kind of like the first time that I remember seeing Dax Harwood as like a really good singles wrestler. And uh, that was a phenomenal match. But yeah, I mean, he worked with a little bit of everybody again. He had some big guys, had some smaller guys. Just kind of, again, getting repetitions in, getting that feel, building them up the ladder so they could put on a good match with the uh, hangman. Yep. Yep. Any?
3: Yeah. Uh, what was it? Even before that, I remember falling out with some people because I think it was actually, I think it was one of the, yeah, it was uh, one of these, uh, these show, I think it was one of uh, Aaron shows, kind of the dry shows we were uh, talking about it, splitting people up from rosters. And, uh, it was, uh, and I said, I would love Dax to have a, a run as a singles singles guy you know <laughs> uh, it was, and like no no you can't split up MDF you know and he's like well
1: I remember that yeah, yeah. they all jumped down your throat for that I remember that
3: <laughs> yeah and it's like it, well that might happen now because Cash might be going to jail for <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh,
1: <laughs> he doesn't stop waving guns at people's faces. Now. <laughs> he, he might uh, he might disappear for a little while.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going anywhere to be honest. But <laughs> uh, if it was uh, if it? was um Yeah, if it was it? Uh, two solid workers working together. You know, for for me, you look at that list, and uh, what was it? That's punk building his little posse. Uh, was it was uh, the guys he can rely on, you know, because yeah. at this point they probably know that collision's coming, and he's th- mm-hmm. he's 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 putting together the guys that he wants because he's he's been he's got that second contract as as, as they talk about, you know. So, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, essentially, essentially that.
1: And now it's so just... yeah, these were all collision. These were all collision guys. I didn't well notice that. Yeah. No, I didn't.
0: Now, obviously, this led up is obviously double or nothing against Hangman Adam Page. I mean, I remember this match, and I thought it was another good, good match. Not as good as the MGF one, but Mr. Isis, what do you reckon to the double or nothing?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, th- this is when Hangman was kind of, like, in his in-ring prime, and uh, he kind of just, like, I don't know what the hell happened to him after that, but he's just not the same anymore. Um, yeah. But during this time period, like, he was awesome. And, you know, Punk was on top of his game. These two obviously had legitimate heat with each other, which made it more exciting as well. Um, I thought this was a good feud. I I enjoyed it quite a bit.
3: Any. Uh, it did go a bit too far, as we as we sort of know, you know, eventually where it sort of led to, you know. It's it's fu- it's, fu- it's funny you should say that because around about that time, that was about the time Hangman gave up the sort of whiskey drinking. But it was it um, so? Maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe he needed a wee whiskey <laughs> before he starts.
1: He wasn't properly <laughs> hydrated for his match. <laughs> all the whiskey intake. Yeah, you know, Makes total uh, sense.
3: This this is one of these. Uh, it was uh, obviously we're talking about punks and highs and lows, This is one of the sort of the starters. One of the lows, you know, and. Uh, what was it? Um, BEW's had some really big moments. uh, what was it? Um, that have, that have been sort of stolen away from them for, for other reasons, and more often than not, punks at the end of that, you know. And, and this sort of this is sort of what sort of started this, and the, the promos and things like that, you know. Um, uh, what was it called? And if you go back, there is a uh, what was it? Um, was Punk being a bit more? You, you don't know. Was Punk being a bit paranoid about some of the stuff that has been said? Maybe not, because he's obviously in the, the the sort of backstage in the locker room. And there's probably a little people saying things in his ear and things like that as well, you know. But eh, but it was um, some of the stuff we didn't even know. There were pot shots This is when it became transparent, you know. But it's a shame that's what that match represents now, because it was a it was a decent match. It was a good match.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Nick. Uh, yeah, pretty much what these guys have said. So, um Obviously, you know, I had the task of following the dog collar match. It was never going to compete. Uh, Hangman was riding high at this point. You know, he'd had the Ironman matches with Daniel Stern. He uh, was absolutely smashing at it. its various opponents on a week-to-week basis. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be remembered as the start of the fall for Pepsi Phil for me. That's it. This is where all the seeds were planted and everything just kind of went south.
0: So, obviously, after they won the title, it was obviously a couple more matches, which led up to All Out 22. As you have mentioned there, this is where it obviously starts to begin, obviously, downfall. So, Nick, where do we begin with this? (laughs) Um, I think it's
2: perspective, um, depending on whose side. I think there's obviously, you know, there's three sides. You've got the, Mm -hmm. you know, the Bullet Club side, not the Bullet Club side, the Elite side. You've got Pepsi's. Bell side, uh, you have got the truth somewhere down the middle. Um, the matches themselves, you know, it made for a really good TV. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Enjoyed the match with Moxley, um, but it's when you look back at it now, it kind of is tainted.
3: It it, it starts and it starts at the beginning of 1986 when Rocky was Rocky Four was released. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rocky Three, yeah. Rocky
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Three. Already it was 84 then or whatever, you know. <laughs> Um, but uh, what was it, Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we had the ridiculous sort of match to sort of like uh, what was it, um I think I think um it, where where what was it Punk came out and lost in like like thirteen seconds.
1: Yeah, it was some kind yeah. of real controversial, wonky finish where something didn't go right.
3: Yeah, yeah. and then and then uh, what was it, um uh, what was it called? Is as it is, as it's been pointed out by a few people, but was it? But was it when they got to that sort of match with Moxley all out? You sort of knew he was losing because he had that booboo face on, as some people cut saying, <laughs> like, "It just looked miserable the whole match." <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, Mr. I mean, then, I was build up to all, all out.
1: Yeah, I. This is kind of like my least favorite of the feuds that we've talked about. Um This was just okay. I mean, obviously, there was some weird stuff going on here. The Dynamite match was weird leading into the pay-per-view. I mean, these two, you know, they Moxley's Moxley. I mean, he just is what he is. Like, sometimes he could show up and do really well, and a lot of times it just kind of is just the same old shtick over and over. Um, It was okay. But obviously, this was kind of the turning point where things all kind of slid downhill afterwards. Yep.
0: Yeah. And of course after this punk obviously relinquished the title we wouldn't see him until obviously the collision days but do you think obviously with punk gone aew kind of like took a dip in obviously ratings i'll start with Nick
2: i don't know whether it took it probably because you know punk is a big name you know punk's not there uh, the diehard punk fans aren't, aren't watching so i'd be surprised if it didn't take a dip in the ratings um but for me it Was it was just
0: a it was a better show. I think it's a better show without him. I think it was a better show
1: before he turned up. So for me, yeah. Okay, Mr. Isaacs. Uh, from what I remember, and I'd have to double check, but I I think it absolutely did cause a dip in the ratings. Like I Mm -hmm. I think they dipped quite a bit (laughs) after Punk disappeared, Um, because that got people hooked in. You know, people tuned in to see what he was going to do, and then when it came out that he was gone. And people were speculating that he was never going to come back. Uh, the Elite wasn't there either for a little while. If you remember, they had a suspension they were going through as well. So when you take off all the top guys, the guys that have been presented as the big stars, um, yeah, it just didn't leave them with much. And they were kind of struggling to regain their identity for a little while after that. And there was definitely a hit in the ratings and there was definitely a hit in the quality of the program, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah well, I would agree with that. But I think it was... Uh, uh, was it was ultimately it's led to the sort of benefit of them because we, we we then led sort of led into the sort of MGF stuff that yeah. might not have happened uh, so soon. Uh, what was it, um w- with regards to that, you know, and uh, what was it? Um, as it sort of uh, led led up to will he come back? Won't he come back? It was it was it was very interesting to see. Um, Sometimes, sometimes is was I, I don't know if you know but i'm i'm actually my profession's data data analytics you know and sometimes there's bigger parts to the story you know and it was um I and just to fast forward to what it is just now some people would say just now it's now is sort of same since he's been gone but i think in, in the sense of i mean in the us it was everything has been on the slide for the last it was a few months because NFL come back and college football's on, and you know the only the only sort of wrestling it's making numbers at the moment is NXT, and it's on a Tuesday, and I don't think there's anything on, it on a Tuesday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. You know,
3: yeah. so uh, but was it, um, it depends? It depends on uh, was it how toxic a, a wrestling fan some some people can be where they sort of take it with, but for me, the, the, when the ratings drop, I... I, I Ratings are always going to go peak up. They're going to be ups and downs, like a roller coaster. It's uh, it doesn't mean anything, you know. Uh, it was um, I think uh, there was, was too much emphasis put on that at the beginning with EAW when when a lot of people uh, a lot of people have sort of moved on from that. I mean, I've I've spoken about it before. The WWE it's masterful what they do. Do they build these wee shorts, you know? Because the attention the attention span of people is actually a lot shorter than people realize, and they're doing like hundreds of millions of views on like they are doing like whole rip episodes of raw and condensed into like 20 minutes of like like 10 clips <laughs> <laughs> you know and that that's where their money's coming from it's not coming from it's not coming from
2: television
1: yeah, yeah that's true the stream of yeah, revenue right. is a lot more than tv yeah yeah
2: but so, you look yeah. at the sorry just about i mean yeah youtube is a massive source you know like two three minute clips of things
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and if you watch that so many times, I mean, you've got, like, views after views after views. And I think I kind of agree with what Heiner just said there. The attention span sometimes is kind of low for some people. And I'm not saying all people, but some. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> this, this this um this
3: week's Dynamite is a perfect example of that. Five seconds. You know, five seconds... And know all, all, all it took for sort of EW, the Dynamite to the trend and be the best episode ever, you know? <laughs> and that happens all the time. That's not just EW, that's WWE as well when they do something big. Oh, that was the greatest. Yeah, and then you actually go watch the whole episode. There's nothing there. There's no content. Everything's been put into that last. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Um, Five seconds. It reminds
1: seconds. me that there's a psychological phenomenon known as the recency effect and the primacy effect. Okay. And it's where. The recency effect is where you put something super big at the very start and that's all anybody remembers. The primacy effect is the opposite of that. You put something really huge at the end of something and all of a sudden that's all that matters and it becomes the totality of the entire program. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think happened here with the Mask man bids. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: like a well, it's like a great film you could be watching, a film can be rubbish for 80 minutes, but if the last 10 minutes hook you, yeah. that then becomes a great film just because of the last 10 minutes.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's a fair little thing. So, obviously, we'll move along now. Obviously, Punk wouldn't return until the 17th of June, 23, for obviously, Collision. It was obviously in the big main event with CM FTR, or FTR, should I say, against Joe, uh, Jay White, and Juice Robinson, for some bizarre reason. That name kind of just a me, but... I mean, looking at those matches there, Mr. Isaacs, what do we think? any anyone stand out?
1: Um, I, I loved uh, the work that he did with Samoa Joe, and I really enjoyed the uh, Satoshi Kojima match at Forbidden Door. I thought that was really good. <laughs> but this was kind of like them establishing Collision as CM Punk's mm-hmm. show, as he was the guy that they're building the entire show around. Mm-hmm. And I do think they've kind of struggled a little bit post-Punk to rebuild the identity of collision. I think it's getting there, but I think they mm-hmm. definitely struggled for those first couple of weeks for sure. Uh, because that, that, you could argue that the advent of the show itself was completely based around CM Punk. It was the idea of keeping CM Punk a prominent figure on the show, but keeping him separated from everybody he had issues with, which culminated in this second program that happens every Saturday night. Um, so I, I think this ultimately was huge for AEW, and will end up being a net positive just by the creation of the uh, Collision Show. But um, we all know what happened from here. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see what everybody else thinks about it.
0: Yeah, Nick. Uh,
2: yeah, when the Collision started, uh, I've said a few times it was must see TV. You know, you had FTR, CM Punk. I'm a massive fan for Switchblade Juice. Uh, Deuce is a better Brian Pillman than Brian Pillman Jr um, and then he moved on to Ricky Starks um, Collision was was great for the first few months when you know Punk was involved uh, and hopefully now Danielson's kind of taken the reins it'll pick back up again
0: Yeah, Henny?
3: Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that I don't think Danielson's got the personality for it almost that, was it still a thing that cut kind of personality was what made that show you know yeah uh, uh what was it so uh, what was it um i think i'd be interesting i might be wrong i might be. i might be proven wrong i mean if i was i've, I've said that before if i was tony Ka- if, if i was tony khan what i would do is i would if i wanted danielson to do anything i would hand him 10 million and say go and set up a wrestling school and, and you know give me wrestlers you know yeah but uh, was uh, what was it called that's that's where my investment would be if i was tony Khan you know I, I, you know but uh, What was it um it is what
1: it is. You'd um, you rather have Danielson teach people than QT Marshall.
0: Yes. Definitely. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we'll move along. <laughs> so, three more matches, obviously, before All In. It's obviously Ricky Starks, The House of Black, and an All, All, All In All Star six-man match. I mean, i don't know if for some bizarre reason mr isaacs these are not really clicking with me for some reason
1: no i mean you know he had the thing with starks with steamboat you know that was pretty cool um i think that really did a lot to help starks especially with the inclusion of steamboat and, and what he did putting him over um the trios match and the uh the eight man tag kind of just showcase matches <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, kind of just you see this a lot in new japan where you know I, I call them the cluster f tag matches where they have all the events at carrick and hall where they just have we, we've got all of our big stars and a big eight-man tag match with each other so we can cram them all in the card and everybody can see them that's basically yeah. what they did here uh yes. to get sam punk and ftr and darby and all those guys crammed into one show so that they could be seen um i don't really think much more of it other than that but you know it was there for the live crowds entertainment more so than anything
2: yeah mm-hmm. nick um stocks benefited huge it gave stocks the rub um again is a guy that deserves to be up there um and that's a quick sidebar it was nice to see stocks actually send out a positive tweets to about phil Uh, afterwards thanking him for the rub, you know, giving him his flowers. It was obviously then taken down a couple of hours later, probably (laughs) under duress. Uh, But yeah, yeah. you know, Stark's got the rub. He got the the limelight on him. Uh, And that trio's match against House of Black, I've watched that match numerous times. I'm just a fan of everybody in that match. And even if it was just an exhibition show, God, what a show, what a match. Uh, I think... I think the Starks match was
3: a missed opportunity. It's then they should have had the Mindy's Bakery brawl, you know. Uh, But was it um, because obviously Punk made that? that, The the muffins must be amazing, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want those muffins.
3: (laughs) But um, yeah. he was definitely coming down to what, what I, I sort of says. but was it? What we were like switchboard and things like that. I think he hadn't really had much experience with him. I know he had the experience with sort of just and things like that. I think maybe that match was a bit of a was a feeling out where he could go with that guy because I think he's, he probably he was probably excited about uh, what was it working with the guys, you know. So let's let's do a little match and see what how it feels, you know. Uh, what was it? Um, I've, I've listened to like a lot, of, like, a lot of sort of stuff from wrestlers and read a lot of stuff about them and. I'm told that's a thing to do, you know. Uh, but it was it uh, for some sort of stuff down the line, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, but it was it? Um, it was sort of it was sort of weird leading into. There was an undercurrent uh, leading into it all that, you know. Uh, but it was um Of like little digs and that were going on again. Comes back to pushing buttons, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was um and, and he sort of he was being a bit professional then. He wasn't really he wasn't really as active as he was, sort of biting back, you know. So. Um, we all know what happened, you know, and if uh, it was uh, I mean I suspect the, the uh, I, I suspect the jungle boy story came from the bunk the box camp, I'll say it straight away, you know, with the glass. I suspect that's who told Milk so that story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um or Jack one of the two. But um yeah, it, I don't think they'll be remembered for anything other than just good matches, you know. Um yeah. it was a nice end it was a it was a nice ending. To the stacks match, I would have been livid if Punk won that. Uh, what was it? Um, um, but yeah, you know, that yeah. was just my thing. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. So now we've got obviously we've got the big talking point. Obviously, Punk's final appearance was obviously all in London, and we obviously I always remember reading the report saying there was an altercation backstage, so there's obviously a lot to unpack with this. So, Mr. Isaacs, I'll let you obviously unpack it and give your thoughts on the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean this. This was um, this was very unfortunate. <laughs> this was the the biggest show in AEW history, and uh, it ended up getting completely overshadowed by some backstage bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's all anybody wanted to talk about after the show was over. Um, and it, it, it's very unfortunate. That's really unfortunate for AEW that it, it went down like this. Um, I obviously I wasn't there. None of us were there um so i don't know who shoulders the majority of the blame i do think that what jack perry did was extremely childish and unprofessional um going out enduring that was
3: vindictive it was done in purpose
1: yeah it was vindictive it was childish it was like a temper tantrum type behavior and when you when you've got the biggest show in company history that's not the time to do that it's just not um so I, I, again, not being there, but just from an outsider looking in and reading the reports, I think Jack Perry has to shoulder the majority of the blame for this incident. Uh, but obviously there's no excuse for, you know, if, if it's true that punk physically provoked him and, and asked him to fight and then choked him and whatever, that's wrong too, obviously. Um It's just a very unfortunate situation all around. I get that the old school culture of wrestling, you know, was the, You know, Vader and Brody and guys like that beating the shit out of each other backstage if they disagreed with each other about something. But this is a different era. This is an era where corporatism is a lot more intertwined with professional wrestling now and their standards in 2023 that they didn't have in 1983. And I I think you just kind of have to leave some of that old school mentality in the past. And uh, you got to make money. These guys are getting paid an exorbitant amount of money. That the four of us on the screen are never going to (laughs) see, to be quite frank. I mean, if you asked me to swallow my pride and work with somebody I didn't like to make the kind of money that these guys make in a heartbeat, it wouldn't even be a it'd be a no brainer. And I just don't understand what's with these guys where they can't understand that, that they just need to utilize this and make money and put the personal stuff aside.
0: Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but we do obviously have somebody on the line. Mr. Graham, hello
1: there.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? So hello. you want to give your thoughts on this?
1: So, no, I just, I have to take umbrage with what Mr. Isaac said. When this whole all-in thing sitting there saying that Jack Perry showed most of the blame, I wholeheartedly disagree because no one made CM Punk approach him and choke him out and punch him. CM Punk is a grown-ass man responsible for his own actions. Oh, I agree with that, too. But I do think what Jack Perry did was incredibly unprofessional, though. Independent of anything that he did with Punk, he should have been reprimanded just based on that alone. I mean, he's still, as far as I know, he was still suspended, so. Yeah. No, but I I didn't disagree. I mean, Punk shouldered blame, too. You don't put your hands on somebody and threaten them and physically provoke them either. So I understand the Punk firing. Um, I think Jack Perry should uh, get hit with pretty big sanctions as well
3: and when i and and i said it was vindictive it doesn't relate to what happened backstage afterwards you know it was um,
1: you know i agree it was pretty stupid on his part to to poke the bear yeah still doesn't still doesn't want him getting choked out backstage Mm -mm. not at all no 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 In, in no way was I justifying what punk did physically to jack perry either that was wrong too all right guys i just want to hop on and throw in my two cents about that that's all mr right. isaac I'm tonight i'm assuming right after a collision i will see you tonight my man i look forward to it good night guys bye bye, bye. 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 bye.
0: bye. Uh, right so nick obviously obviously unpack everything and give your overall thoughts with that situation
2: uh i second the um this was the kind of the final score for the CM Punk experiment for me. Was as was said previously, you know, they'd just done Wembley. It was like the biggest thing in AEW's history. It was a massive benchmark for British wrestling. Um, and yet all anyone wanted to talk about was yeah. CM Punk, Jungle Boy. Um, and it it would continue to be that way. The AEW product would never get the spotlight as long as it was. Double-edged sword. It's got to get more eyes on the prize because punk was there, but the the good stuff's never going to get focused on because punk's there. Uh, and I think Wembley was a perfect example of that. Uh, and yeah, it was just a kind of for me. I was like, he, he just cut your losses.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any I'll unpack it in overall thoughts? Yeah, I've got to agree with that. I mean, I
3: don't know if I don't know if you yourself you were were you at all? in did you go to all in? There you go. Go, um, what was it? Um, I don't remember much of the next match, I think it was a bullet, bullet club with Kenny and things like that because <laughs> because the, the texts were coming round and everybody was like, there was like, a, like mumbling in the crowds, and was like, what's going on, you know? Mm. Uh, what was it? because um, it, uh, it sort of started right at the end of the match because obviously the, the news was breaking. I mean, ob- obviously, Sunday was a uh, what was it but was it? apparently Melzer was uh, was uh, sitting at the opposite side of the stadium. Remember? If I knew that, I would have walked round and peed in his leg. But was it called? <laughs> but um, yeah, it uh, was? Um, I don't remember much of the next match, you know, because everybody was just talking about it. You know, there was like mumbling and uh, what was it? people were showing each other their phones and things like that. You know, and uh, what was it called? And it was a good match. You know, it was it was a great match. You know, we've, we've not talked about how good the match was. You know, and Joe and Joe and um, Joe and Punk always put on a great match. I didn't like uh, what was. It, uh, I didn't like how. I think this would have been an opportunity to have Punk get the win. I didn't like how they did the uh, sort of. There's two decisions going into all in. I didn't like it was uh, Osprey and I, I know probably Jericho wanted that big ma- that big moment. You know, with Osprey at Wembley that title switch should have happened with amaga at all in you know uh but then again there's obviously business seasons as well but was it maybe the japan maybe new japan didn't want that happening. at a big event that wasn't theirs um and then there was the, 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 there was a punk beating samoa joe after like 20 years of Ring of honor with that sort of like 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 just the legacy of the, the matches that they had going back way, way back, you know. People don't talk mm-hmm. about the matches enough, you know. But uh, was it just they didn't even build on it? They, they, they sort of mentioned it in passing, it was mentioned more afterwards. But, um, uh, what was it, you know, I think on the ring, I'm watching all back, all, 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 NGR makes reference to it, but uh, going back, you finally got them after 20 years, you know. It's like mm-hmm. you sort of throwing away the match, you know. <laughs> If it was, I'm just thinking from a sort of like storytelling point of view, but the match itself was fantastic. But mm-hmm. as I said, going into the next match, I, I don't remember much of it. I had to watch it when I got home because um, uh, everybody was like looking at their phone, yeah, wanting to know yeah. what's going on. Uh, it was, and the stadium was—I don't know if it was picked up on the television. Uh, if it was—it um, was, it was, it was quite a polarizing crowd in London. We, I, I was in Box uh, Box Park before, where they had the, pre, the, the sort of pre-event. Uh, and they put on CM Punk's music, and the place just booed, you know. Wow. Um, it was just, everybody was taken aback by that, you know. But when we got to the stadium, obviously it was mixed, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, very interesting, very interesting thing. But I think I think the elite guys are really beloved in the UK, and I think that's uh, you'll find their fan base really there, you know. Yeah. The I know, um, uh, it was um, they did a lot of work in the indies and that over there, so they are much beloved, so
0: yeah, yeah. So I've got obviously two more questions obviously we begin to wind down. And I, this is a simple yes or no answer. Mr. Isaacs, firing CM Punk, the right decision for AEW? Uh,
1: that's difficult, man. It's <laughs> difficult. Um, I, I guess because of, of physical provocation, I, I guess you would have to say yes. Um, I think ultimately in the long run, um they would be better served with him, but that's not gonna happen now. So I'm kind of iffy on that one, but I'm gonna lean okay. towards yes. Okay.
0: Nick.
2: I'm gonna say yes for the reason that I gave previously.
0: Okay. Haney
3: Yep, you can't put your hands on you can't put your hands on anybody, regardless of whether that uh, uh, it was um who they are and what they are, you know, or, or who you think you are, you know, or if you think you're justified. You're not, you can't just go assaulting okay. people, you know.
1: It's like I said, th- this isn't Orndorf invader backstage, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> those days are done, man. <laughs>
3: uh, or, 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 was it said and Aaron? Was it said and Aaron with the knife? Uh, Sid stabbed
1: <laughs> uh, Arn Anderson with a pair of scissors, allegedly, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> is,
1: that why you do, uh, is that
3: why you finally got the glock? Can you imagine having a glock then, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so some bastard stabbed me with some scissors, so I had to pull out my glock.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> paper beats uh, scissors,
1: paper yeah. glock
3: beats everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I've got one final obviously question for everyone of you. Um looking back now, with everything we've discussed, how will you remember CM Punk's time in AEW? I'll start with Mr. Isaac's
1: um a huge missed opportunity by everybody involved i mean i I think it was a very brilliant flash in the pan for a little while but they left a lot of money on the table because they didn't have anybody there strong to set these guys down and say cut the bullshit i'm paying you a lot of money let's make some money uh or you can leave either or nobody did that And I think this is gonna be a huge missed opportunity and should, and I'm not saying this is gonna happen, but should AEW at some point down the road, cease operations or sell or something to that, this is gonna be what is brought up in the case study of AEW to say, they should have handled this differently and things could have been different. Okay, Nick. Uh, Yes. If they'd have had somebody
2: to take ownership the first match after Punk came back, they shouldn't have allowed the, the kind of brand split between Dynamite and Collision. The first match back should have been FTR and Punk versus the Elite. You know, get it dealt with, get it in the ring, make millions. That was a million-dollar match yep. that nobody was, again, professional enough just to be like, yeah, pay me, and I will get in the ring with them. I don't care. It's yep. it's
0: it's good for business. It's good for us, and we get a heck of a payday
3: out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, what about you? Yeah, yeah so I sort of agree with that. I, I would like to say though, I think Tony Khan finally woke up after that though, and I hope he's. I hope he. I hope that's a, a, like a check because I've always I've been very critical of him, being too nice. You know, he's he's yeah. too good for the wrestling business, and there's a lot for me. A lot of people are taking advantage. You know, uh, what was it of a situation? You know, I felt I was heartbroken for him that night because it was in, he had to do that in Chicago and he was getting booed, and yeah. uh, it was in, in his, his detriment. He stood there and he won them over by the end of it. You know, uh, what was it called? Uh, I mean, that could have went a very different way because that was that was Punk's that was Punk's home town, You know, um, for me, uh, it, it's going to be. I think it might turn into a bit. Was it a missed opportunity? You know. Potentially, if mm-hmm. potentially, like you says, uh, what was it? If, if something happens to Ew, it'll be the sort of catalyst that does it. Um But I also think potentially, uh, what was it? I hope not. But if he goes to the WWE, they could make a lot of money out of him in a short period of time. You know, give him that Brock Lesnar deal. You know, where he only comes in every so often. You know, uh, what was it? And this is a bit of a hot take, controversial. Ew are. Ew are at the risk of a missed opportunity with Cody, yeah. They've just lost Jade. Uh, what was it? Um, I'll, I'll I'll put money on the fact that I think Starks will jump soon. Uh, what was it called? Possibly MGF, you know. And if have got a punk, you know. <laughs> they're making all the money, you know. It comes. It comes back to the rumor about who's about to come. To Ew, they can have Edge all they want. Because WWE are just going to make so much money out of that lot, you know? And they don't even need to be good because it's
0: WWE. (laughs) (laughs) It's just got to be passable. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys, that's our show. We're at uh, one hour 18. I mean, have you guys had fun as always? Yep.
1: It's been a hell of a show, guys. Thank you all for coming uh... on.
0: So before we obviously do our outro, Nick, you're going to do some shout-outs and tell everybody where you can find, obviously, work the left side? Uh, yeah,
2: obviously, uh, head over to Twitter, WTLS420. Uh, search work the left side on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, obviously go and watch the Al Snow, Doug Basham episode about wrestlers, um, and just keep an eye out, because that's the exception. Normally, it's British talent, and same as with Liam. Just trying to talk to a varied bunch of amazing talent across the country.
0: Of course. Nice. And any, any shout outs and obviously some plug some of your stuff. I'm sure you've got some. Um, I've I've not got
3: what was it? Not get any shout, out, shout outs, but I would just like shout out to what was it? The Man United manager and how <laughs> what a space he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to lose to Crystal Palace one nothing. What is going on? No idea. I saw the result, and I'm like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Right, guys. Uh, Mr. Isaac, let's obviously wrap up all after our show. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find us?
1: Yeah, you can find us at uh, fnwrestling.com. All the way down at the bottom, you can find all of our socials. You can find me on Twitter, Mr. Isaacs. Uh, you can find Liam Wakelin. Uh, you can find uh, Wrestling. We're all on there. We're everywhere. Everywhere you can be found, we're there. Of course, of course.
0: And for the rest of the week, obviously, Collision After Dark is immediately following Collision later on. I do believe, Mr. Isaac, you're going to be a part of that show.
1: Uh, Yes, I am the lead host of Collision After Dark now. So, uh, yeah, I I will be on again tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time and uh, approximately 10 o'clock. We'll be discussing uh, AEW Collision. Of course, and tomorrow
0: we obviously with the all and Wrestling Show, Wrestle Dream Prediction Show. I'm going to check that one out because I want to see what people are thinking. And Wrestling with the Paranormal is obviously on Monday. A very special as we've got April Hunter, the NWO star. So that's going to be like a nice little fun. Mr. Isaac, tell everybody about us about the t-shirts.
1: Yeah, we we've got a pro wrestling t store here at F and Wrestling. You can go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash F and Wrestling. And uh, you can find the brand new Magic of Wrestling shirt that we have there. I have one on the way. uh, Should be in the mail, hopefully in the next few days or so. And um, it's a great shirt. This was a collaboration between Liam and myself. And uh, you can find plenty of other t-shirts on there as well for your suiting. Um, Check it out. And one final
0: thing. Um, The old school. That's all I'll say.
1: If you like old school wrestling. And I know you do. You can go to pro wrestling Adrian Adonis. The adorable Adrian Adonis, who you can find on a recent episode of the Vice documentary series, Dark Side of the Ring. Get you an Adrian Adonis t shirt. Of course.
0: Nick, thank you so much for taking the time, obviously, to talk to us. In it? It's always a pleasure, you salty son of a bitch. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> And one final thing, Mr. Isaacs, see us out to the outro.
1: Yeah, so when we do the outro to these shows, uh, we we like to end it on a positive note. Uh, so we, we all know that everybody here struggles with something in life, whether it's financial, uh, mental, uh, if you've got issues with your children, a spouse, an ex, whatever. What you've got to do is you've just got to remember that you have what it takes to get through the day, no matter what it is. Um, don't give up, keep the fight and just know that everybody here at FN Wrestling is with you. We're all behind you and you just got to put your fist in the air and remember to just keep fighting.